Welcome to True Prayer for Life. I'm your host, Christina Vera. And I'm your co-host, Mylene Samboys. Welcome back to our next episode. Um, today we're going to talk about a little something that I feel like it, it there's a mul- it's multidimensional, right? There's so many different opinions. Um, people have different kind of stories impacted mm-hmm. in different ways. But what made me think that this was a conversation worth having is during so Thanksgiving just passed mm-hmm. and you know like the rest of the world after Thanksgiving I was on TikTok hardcore like I'm low key I think I have I might have a problem okay. like TikTok we'll will it. have me on there for like way too long to the point where now I'm like don't take your phone into the restroom nowhere because I'm not coming right back <laughs> like did, did you see the news about no the, where TikTok came from and how is different here than where it came from no so you know TikTok originates from China. Okay. No. And okay. <laughs> didn't know I that. didn't know that either. <laughs> and the version that they have in China is very like different than the one that they deployed to all the rest of the world. So in China it's very educational. The kids are learning like coding, mathematics, all of these very amazing things. That's what that's the 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 level they have of TikTok there. So when you see mm. the kids in TikTok in China, they're learning things, right? They're preparing them for things. The one that they send to the rest of the world is like a steroids TikTok is really to help us be dumber. I'm not saying that this is you. I'm just saying they're doing this intentionally to put, kind of pretty, pretty much put everybody addicted to this mm. and all the information you're capturing from there. This is a strategy. So this is very toxic is what you're saying. Toxic so and this strategy. fits the conversation. There, so much. Wow. Just wanted to See, give you toxic. I didn't even know it. <laughs> just wanted to give you some information that I learned. Wow. Well, that points me because <laughs> I have entertainment here that, you know, is listed. <laughs> Because I literally would get on TikTok and and it's so funny the algorithm that the stories that pop up because it just depends on it's always like it could be a very sad story where like a soldier is coming home reuniting with their family and I'm like oh my god this is so beautiful and you cry. and then some of them are cooking and I'm like oh I could make that like I have every single emotion possible on TikTok so to your point I feel like they are messing with people because after Thanksgiving I literally. I must have watched one story too long because then after that, it kept sending me more and more of these stories. And the stories were all based out of like different people basically saying like they had to, you know, they were like toxic families. And, you know, sometimes we think about the holidays as this like magical opportunity to like relive certain parts of your childhood or you know, just th- that it's magical. And it's, and it's the reality is, is it's not magical for everyone. Hmm. And, you know, so these people were just sharing their stories of, you know, how they've had to cut off family and that they opted to, like, stay home, cook their own Thanksgiving or have, like, a Friendsgiving um, because they have just gotten to a place where they are saying, like, enough is enough. You know, my family, my parents, whomever they identified in these videos are just, like, they're toxic um, you know, one lady even was like, you know, referenced her mom as an abuser, you know, for different reasons. And so it kind of got me into thinking of, about just the level of toxicity that many people, even us, have experienced. And to see so many people, and like I said, maybe it felt like a lot of people because TikTok literally kept sending me more and more of these clips. And I remember having to get off TikTok because I'm like, damn, everybody had a horrible Thanksgiving. And But it was just, you know, it's just kind of, it it provoked a thought in my mind around, you know, are we, how are we kind of evaluating 
toxicity in our life? And how often are we taking the time to say how do certain relationships, whether it be family or friends or professional relationships, how do I feel about them? And what kind of impact do I have when I engage with these people? And so sometimes when I meet people who are like, no, I only see my family once a year. And it's, you know, in my mind, initially, I used to think that was crazy because culturally, Mm -hmm. whether you had a toxic family or not, Mm -hmm. like... For Latinos. Yeah. Like, you were going to have to see everybody. Absolutely. And so to hear people saying, like, oh, no, I don't, I only see my family once a year, or I don't do, I don't see them at all. It was very much a foreign concept because I was just like, what? How did you do that? Yeah, how does that happen? (laughs) So I just thought that that was really, like, eye-opening to see now so much awareness, Mm -hmm. where I think it, it also signifies to me that mental health awareness has become so much more open and people Mm -hmm. are talking about it. People are getting help, you know, from therapists or whomever, or just feeling more and in a safe space to Mm -hmm. say, Hey, my interaction with you is not a good one. Mm -hmm. And I'm at a point in my life where I don't want to feel this way anymore. So I'm just going to remove myself from the situation, Mm -hmm. which is the right thing to do. And I think even for Latinos is changing because as family oriented as we are, I feel like I, as I grew up and, and learned more and learned some boundaries, I had to set some boundaries around some family members mm-hmm. because it was creating that that space of not feeling safe and, you know, or, or judge. And it was just, it was stress. And I'm like, I don't need, I, first of all, I don't need stress. So once I figure out what the cause of the stress was, I literally removed myself where I wasn't like, you know, there was no no hate and none, none of those things. Mm-hmm. But I made a personal choice to separate myself a little bit from certain family members just so I could have some peace and still do the things that I needed to do. I still love and if they needed anything and I could help, I would. But I just would not be in the presence as much as I used to be. And that did change my life for the better. And then it helped me and gave me the space I needed. So when I do encounter those family members and I was no longer from that you know, hurtful plays or anything like that is more from my, okay, I'm aware. And if at any given point I'm feeling not comfortable, mm-hmm. I know I have the choice that I can step away or walk away if I have to. Yeah. Right. But it kind of gave me the power. I think sometimes take like, stepping away from family members, relationships or anything that's kind of toxic. Yeah. It's important for you to evaluate how are you processing the interactions. Mm-hmm. And if you're not able to do that on your own, I think seeking professional help is great because it'll give you the tools you need right. to really interact. Because we have to interact. Yeah. You know, for the Latinos, you cannot just forever, you can never forever just ignore people. Mm-hmm. But you do, I do commend that we take some time to evaluate how we react to certain situations and how we can uh, you know, cope better with interactions with people that don't make us feel good or safe. Right. And I love that you said professional help because oftentimes that, you know, people are like, oh, I don't want to talk to a therapist. I don't want anybody in my business. And then you go and get advice from another toxic person. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I don't want a toxic, toxic, toxic. person teaching me about not being around toxic people. If you can't cook, how can you teach me, though? Yeah. Like, I, I don't, if your whole <laughs> life is all messed up, why would I take advice from you? But oftentimes, because we don't want to put ourselves out there or because you know our ego and our pride is more important than the healing, we go and we just seek advice from others not understanding that they are also on a journey. They're at mm-hmm. a beginning of a journey Whereas professionals, they don't have no stake in, in the game. They're right. they're on the outside, uh, gathering all the information objectively. Uh, yeah, and then ultimately giving you a non biased opinion or or. So I, I kind of appreciate the idea of therapy because you go, you tell these people what you need to tell them. They give you you know their input. And then you go home and then you may never see this person again. And sometimes it's not that people are like, 
you know, also hurt or traumatized or it's just their bias, right? So if you Latino and you ask like an older Latino person, right, that may not have had some time to grow, some support in a family situation, they're like, no, mija, you just have to take it. Like you may hear that, right? You may hear like, oh no, we just, you know, we don't question things. We just, we just do what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're, they're bad. It's just that they don't know better, mm-hmm. right? Um, but they think they know everything. But they think they know everything <laughs> when, you know, and respectfully, right. you know, for their time, it worked. Mm-hmm. Where we are now and the way that the world is now, it doesn't work. I do appreciate when some you know elders tell me now, like, man, what I did back then makes no sense today. Mm-hmm. But I did what I needed to do to survive. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that you're doing something different, right? Yeah. Like when I hear that, I'm like, okay, so they're starting to see the shift. Yeah. Not everybody's like that. But yeah, I think seeking a, a therapist for support is good. You know, you have your friends and that's great. They can give you some perspective. But having a professional, I think, is imperative, especially when you're dealing with family situation, work situations. Yeah. You know, having mm-hmm. a coach. So I think having a coach is really great, too, or a good mentor that is not family. Because I think family sometimes just gets messy when you bring, like, family issues to families. Yeah, I agree. So I think the first step is really that awareness, like taking the time to do an inventory check on, you know, how am I feeling? Mm-hmm. And are there people that when I'm hanging around them, the feeling is worse or my anxiety is higher. Um, Why are you getting worried before the holidays? Because I was seeing people like freaking out yeah. before the holidays. I was cool. I'm still eating leftovers, guys. Don't judge. Oh, God. Right? That food is no good. It is so good. I think the CDC. I came from your house. It's fine. It's definitely no good. The more I threw all that away. I am sorry, guys. My mom said it was okay. So um, <laughs> this is the they part. have different rules in I, CDC and Dominican Republic I, I than do they do with the U.S. <laughs> We're poor in Dominicans, though. We're going to make this right. I'm almost there, guys. This is the last weekend. Okay, so it was last week. It was like seven days. But as, as I was saying, as the holidays were coming, people were freaking out and they were nervous. I saw people nervous about like, what, what was the holiday going to be like? What, what the family members would be like? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about awareness, it starts to think about, is there, is there any occasion in your family or job or relationship that is making your anxiety go up? Are you starting to have cold sweats and you can't sleep and you're already like stressing out, you're not eating or overeating? Like that's that's a sign. Mm-hmm. And you probably have to slow down enough to feel it. Right. But that's a sign that something is not right with what's about to where it's about to happen or what's it, what occasion is coming up. And you need to take a moment to figure out what is that? What is that yeah. coming from? Right. Because I have a sibling um who like anytime they come to Columbus, it's it's straight anxiety. And and for for the longest I used to be like like, what is wrong with you? Like, you're being dramatic. Like, it's, you know, like, just push through kind of thing. And, you know, not really taking into consideration, like, just all the trauma mm-hmm. that, you know, he has experienced over the time in his course of his adolescence to now. So for him to come here, he has to really muster himself up. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so when he decides only to come home once a year, like, we just at the end of the day have to respect that because... Yes. That's a journey that, you know, he's going through and other people are going through. So don't ever make someone force you or make you feel bad. Because I used to make him feel bad. I'm like, (laughs) you're not coming. And so, but never. So I think probably in the past two years, I started to try to see things from, you know, his perspective and saying like, oh, wait, I get it. I get why you don't want to, you know, it's not that you don't want to be here. It just causes you, and that's boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I have to respect that. And I think that if you, maybe it's not you. Maybe you're not a person, like, I don't have no anxiety. Like, I'm cool. I don't have no problem. But that doesn't mean you should be um, nonchalant to how other people feel and how other people are impacted. Because also sometimes being nonchalant or being dismissive can also cause people anxiety and cause people to feel like, 
it's a toxic environment only because you are not being mindful of how they are feeling. So I think that's twofold. If you're like, I'm cool, I don't have those. But think you, everybody knows somebody that has a little bit of anxiety or has um, demonstrated a level of uncomfortableness, whether it be in family functions or corporate settings. I remember working at this job. This had to be, let me see, I, I did have, so it had to be at least like 13 years ago, maybe. Yeah, it had to be about 13 years ago. And my supervisor was a nightmare. When I tell you the moment I would hear his voice, I was just like, I got to get out of this place because he was so aggressive and corporate loved him because he was he would produce the results that they wanted him to produce in terms of sales volume. Not never caring at the fact that he would make our lives a living hell to hit those numbers. So much so that he would email us like very disrespectful things or try to put you on blast. And um, ultimately, I ended up having to report him to HR and corporate. The HR lady, like he sent some real ignorant stuff in the email. Like it was like this woman in this like lingerie thing. And it said something like, don't be a heifer or something. (laughs) Something just real wild. And I remember sitting here and I was like... What are you gonna do? Like this guy is just like a terror. Is that a control? And it was like something just like, kind of like, don't be a heifer. Like, hit your goals. So, like, it had nothing to do. With, but I remember opening this email, and I'm like, either you're gonna report this, or you're gonna have to quit today, and then you're not gonna have money to pay your bills. So what what are you gonna do here? So I ended up forwarding it, and I was just holding my breath the whole time. I was like, do I send it? Do I not send it? I forwarded it to HR, and I was just like. Is there a policy around things like this? Within, I want to say like four days later, I had left to go. They had me setting up at some booth at some community event or something. And I get a text message from one of my work colleagues. And they were like, HR is here. Like the big people flew in from Chicago and were in our building. And I was like, that's odd. <laughs> I wonder why they're here. Why are they here? Hmm. I'm sitting there. <laughs> you started sweating. Now I'm sweating. I was like, oh my God, they're going to tell him. And I'm going to have to deal with this when I get back. So I'm like packing up the amenities over anxiety through the roof because I'm like, they're there. He's there. Everybody's there. And I have to go back there. And I was just mortified. Get there. So my colleague at the time, he comes up to me. He's like, come here. I got to tell you what happened. I was like, what happened? And he's just like, somebody reported so-and-so and they walked him up out of here. Like they walked him out. And I was like, well, what happened? He was like, nobody knows what happens. They went and talked to the big boss. And then a few minutes later, they walked him out of there. So now I feel guilty. But then uh, I was like, the toxicity was so much that yeah. I, I thought I was going to have to quit a job that I needed and I didn't deserve to be treated that way. So it's, mm-hmm. it got back to like that childhood mentality of how I was raised. It was like, you didn't, you didn't question those things. Like mm-hmm. you just put your head down, you worked, you got a paycheck at the end of, you know, the two weeks and then you went home and you just, you just dealt with grateful. it. You grateful. 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 Yeah. So, so it was just kind of like having to start to reprogram my mind and saying that, no, I don't have to work in an environment like this. I can speak up for myself. And if that means them getting rid of me or him, then then at least I stood up for myself and I said something. And so in that case, you know, nobody knew, but the big boss, they did tell him. And his response... But they didn't tell him that it was you. No, the, oh. so they, they didn't tell the guy that they terminated, but they told 
the other boss that was in our building. So then his toxic self comes and gets me. Oh. So I'm just like the walk of shame all the way to his office because I'm like, I'm, I'm just thinking the guy's in the parking lot waiting for me. Like oh, I wanted to go home so bad right there and I couldn't. And so I go into his office and he's like, so I heard, I, so he tells me what happened. And I was like, yeah, I just heard about that. And he, I was like, I'm just surprised. He was like, are you? <laughs> are you? <laughs> and I was like, and he's just like, are you surprised? Are you? And then I knew then that, that he knew. Wrong. That he so should not have said like, that. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I really, you know, I never want to see anybody lose their job, like how they pay their bills and take care of their family. But I was like, I couldn't take it anymore. And quite frankly, you know, you know, nobody was advocating for us. Mm. I mean, he didn't say much. And he was just like, okay. Because mm. he's like, oh, you would tell on me too. Let yeah, me just, let like, me be careful. <laughs> like, you don't want to talk into the microphone. Like, don't play with me. But this was just at the beginning of my, like, career. Young right? prof- I mean, I'm like all of 20 something. Like, Aww. I was so, like, I the woman I am today and the girl I was back then, I really had to, like, I was shaking the whole time he was talking to me. Because I was just like, oh my God, I can't. But now in retrospect, I would have probably intervened much earlier. But it took me time. It took me time to recognize that we were being mentally and verbally abused in that workspace. And I had no idea because I grew up like that. Like my dad was always very aggressive. Like I said, my family was always kind of of the mindset like, you don't question your superiors. You go to work, you get a paycheck, and and that's it. Like, Mm -hmm. my, like, having peace of mind and having a healthy environment that all I heard about like 28 29 years old like in the probably the last probably 10 years maybe 12 years of my life suddenly I've learned no like I could have meaningful work and be respected and not feel like I have to compromise but those were not that I wasn't I wasn't raised or I didn't grow up really understanding that there could be both yeah, and the the new generation now then didn't have to go to work the way that we did. Mm-hmm. So now they're that's why they're like if they're not happy, they're like I'm done. Yeah, now the Gen Zers <laughs> they didn't push the envelope on this. Whole they're like, concept. oh, I'm sorry, you're they're not gonna like, sing what? to me. So actually, I'm not. It's not giving what <laughs> it needs not, to give, and so I quit today, or I'm not coming to and work not today. Everybody, not but I'm looking at some. I'm just looking the at the data. The data shows. <laughs> A huge difference between Gen Zers, Millennials, like every it's just so interesting. Like I feel like we were like the test, like the Millennials were like that transitional point. We were trying to push it a little yeah. bit. And then the Gen Zers came in and they were like, No, this is what it is. And I want this and this. And it's not all, but it's just like if you look at like what the data is showing, it's just so interesting how now I, I appreciate people who are like, no, like, this is not okay, or I'm not feeling this, or this is not meaningful to me. Um, Because we keep hearing about all the work shortages, like companies are having a hard time retaining talent, recruiting talent. And I told this woman just the other night, she was like, man, our company is just having a hard time getting talent, like nobody wants to work. And I told her, I said, see, I think you're looking at this from the wrong perspective. I said, I don't believe that nobody wants to work. I think employers don't want to change the culture. That's too much work for them to go back and say, you know what, we may not have been doing a good job or we may not have been, you know, spending the time to really think about what our employees need or, you know, how we validate or support or just be flexible and intentional. And so now this generation realizes that there are employers out there that will do that. Mm -hmm. So when I hear corporations who have 
consistently said like, oh, people don't want to work. People don't want to work. I said, no, you don't want to rework your model and that and people don't want to work for you. Right. Yeah. You, you the problem. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, yeah. but you are. Because I think employers have such a good opportunity right now to really like with hybrid. Like when I hear a company it's like, no, they cannot work from home. I'm like, but they can. Mm-hmm. Like, you can totally make this from home. It was fine during COVID. Like, everybody's like, oh, you got a computer? Do you have Wi Fi? Okay, great. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, come back to work. Like, what if I don't want girl, to? Like, <laughs> what yeah. if I don't want to go back to work? What if I really love being in my pajamas and doing my work? Right. And I think this is why you're seeing a lot of the discomfort between the, the workforce and the employers, because, like you said, they don't want to change and they're going to have to. You're either <clears> going to change. And, you know, and they're not asking for crazy things. So mm-hmm. you're either going to change and accommodate to the new generation that's coming of workforce, mm-hmm. or you're going to have to figure out a different line of business and get out of this one because people, they're not changing. No. This is what they want. And we hire a lot of people like, you know, yeah. I'm like, we, we have a lot of people always trying to work with us. <laughs> and we, I mean, even now that we have a building, like we're still not going to require anybody to come in. Like, I, I don't think so. Unless we have programming. That's yeah. the only time that we have And it could be flexible. I mean, like. I want I want my team members to feel like we care about them at first as mm-hmm. a person. And if you're yeah. not feeling well or maybe the winter is harder for you. It is for me, guys. Yeah, really you know, <laughs> then it's like you could be productive at home and, and that's okay. So I think it's just taking the time to have that self-awareness, that self-inventory. Um, because I think once you take the time to kind of sit in that really, you know, okay, what am I anxious about? What What is really... Especially like when you can't sleep and your mind is just racing, there's a reason behind that. Mm-hmm. So if you found yourself like you're not getting good sleep, your mind is all over the place, you're forgetting things that you typically wouldn't forget, you might just be on a like your brain might be on overload, mm-hmm. and you might really need to seek some kind of professional support um, because that self awareness piece that's now it's not easy work. I think most of the people who are in this journey of self awareness. It does tend to open up a lot of wounds and things that we've kind of suppressed because we don't want to deal with. We don't want to talk about it. Right. Um, so it, it's heavy work. It's a heavy lift. But I, I do think, you know, for, for many, you know, once you start that process, then it's all about, you know, not that it's going to make it less painful, I think, but you are then able to at least proactively create boundaries and, you know, create support systems to help you so that you're not alone in the journey of dealing with your trauma, dealing with toxicity. It's about being intentional to create the boundaries and the support that you need. And it's a, it's a way to start healing. Healing is such a long process. So if you've been kind of, you know, through these hurt things and trauma in the past and all of these things that are triggering, like, Unless you face it, sadly, you're not going to get through it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the only way to, to start healing is, is actually go or walk, run through it, um, and then just kind of deal with the things. Because finding out right now what's causing you to slow down, what's causing, you know, the anxiety, all these problems, if you face that and you realize what it is, and you can start the path of healing and then evolving and even getting better, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be five years from now still in the same spot dealing with the same things and you haven't made any progress because you're just, you know, too afraid to face it. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. We're telling you from experience, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. But I think that the best thing I ever did for myself was begin the journey of of self-awareness and begin the journey of healing, you know, from whatever things I didn't even think I needed to be healed from. And then that has opened up the space for me to create and to work harder and to do other things. But knowing that one, face your fears, right? And, And what has happened, it's a lot to do by yourself, so probably seek coaching, counseling. You know, there's some programs out there, like energy work, whatever it is for you. 
find that to help you. And then find ways to make sure that you do self-care, right? So we talk about replenishing. So how are you replenishing yourself after all these things that you're doing, right? Because this is a lot of heavy work. Right. How are you replenishing yourself? What are things that you're doing for self-care to make sure that in this journey that you're in, because this is a lifelong journey. Yeah, pace yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. just not a marathon. You're not going to get there tomorrow. No, we're talking about 30, 30 some 40 years of... <laughs> 40 here, guys. 40 yeah. years. <laughs> it's not going to happen overnight. No. One session in therapy is not going to fix all of your you won't. wounds for no. sure. Or one coach, one session. You're like, okay, I yeah. paid you now. I should be here. I should right, walk I out should of here be. have like a VP position. Yeah, and they're like, no. No, it doesn't work. work. Any of the big, and I invest a lot of myself in, in personal development. I, I learned this um, couple years, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand the, the importance of it. But a percentage of whatever I make a year, percentage of that is invested back to my personal development, mm-hmm. personal and professional. So I go to conferences, <clears> read books, I go to, you know, workshops, trainings, anything that will help me be better to serve others, I really do it for myself. So in the beginning, I did it because I wanted to help others. So that was really the people-pleasing piece. As I went through this journey, I figured out that I was really doing this for me first to make sure that I'm good, that I'm replenished, that my cup is full. Mm -hmm. Then I can give from that place. Now I'm I'm really refusing to give from an empty place. Right. It's no longer negotiable Mm -hmm. to do that for me. I love that. And so I think it's part of, you know, even when you look at family, friends, partners, um, even entertainment is my lead. TikTok. So graciously burst my rubble at the beginning. And I say, like, so wait a minute. What is it TikTok is doing? It's been, it's been proven. Like, there's research wow. on this. I've I seen it. Because there's stuff that you just don't even like make the connection. Because um, like entertainment... I, it's so funny because I, I I used to love all the drama shows, mm. like the reality TV. Like, I, I mean, I would be vested, like loving hip hop, housewives, basketball wise. <laughs> and I and, and I mean, I don't watch these shows anymore. But back in like a period in my life, like I just remember, I was like, you know, I would be so excited to sit there and watch it. And then afterwards, not even realizing, like, because I was spending time really vested into these stories. Like suddenly, like in my mind, I'll be like, well, if that happened to me, if he was cheating on me, I would run up on her. And then I'm just like, I'm having this whole argument in my brain <laughs> about something that didn't even happen. But yet it's because I'm exposing myself. Mm-hmm. The energy. The you energy. Into like I'm I'm tight and I don't even have anything to do with me. And sometimes my husband will come home. He's like, you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. But I'm like. <laughs> But if you, no, but I got an attitude now because you know I just watched this whole oh drama gosh. show, and so it's just like being mindful of like the energy that you know, like what you're watching, what you're listening what you're to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like because I mean, even your music in the car. Like I think that I mean on certain days, like it just depends I'm sorry. on. The- I mean, <laughs> the music is just like that's like really. Miley loves Spanish music. Like any given day, she will have bachata on salsa. Like she's ready for a, a, a dance party at any point of the day. If you know sure. how to dance, find me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just being mindful of like the music selection. Mm-hmm. Like if all your music music is like negative, or yeah. it's just like, oh, my life is. I mean. Think about like how you feel after you listen. Now, sometimes you got to have a good cry. Like if I'm feeling sad, I'm going to pull out the Keisha Cole, the Monica, you know, who else? <laughs> Mary J. Blige. Um, you know, just so, you know, sometimes you just want to be in that space. Fine. Mm-hmm. But don't stay in that space. That can't be your everyday move, your everyday playbook. Um, it's finding songs or quotes or 
podcasts that will just give you like that quick boost of energy. Because for most of us, you're only in the car about 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Unless you live in LA or you somewhere where his traffic is Sorry. about an hour. Do you really want to be in the car for an hour listening to... Soppy music. Stop. Yeah. So just being intentional. Like if you have books you haven't read yet, get it on Audible. Mm-hmm. I, I listen Audible. to so many books in the car. Because to be honest, I ain't got time to read. Don't buy me a book. Got it. Um, Noted. No, don't buy me a book. <laughs> Done that, guys. <laughs> don't buy it. Just send me the link to listen to it in my car. If there are like audible, um, you know, podcasts, podcasts like quick little videos. Shorts. But books, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to read it. Like okay. I'll start it. I have so many books that I've started and I'm just, I don't have sit- time to sit down and read. I'm going to send you a video because I have a book, but I, I thought about it this morning. I said, she's not going to read it. I'm so not. I'm just going to send you the video. I'm going to be honest. Like I, I aspire to do it. I think maybe one day in my life I can sit down and cuddle up with a book. But like There's books life- you like though. Don't lie. Because you took a book to a retreat. You're like, oh, but maybe like just a chapter. You find a chapter you love and you're I good will. to go. I, I mean, it gave me what I needed. Yes. I didn't read the whole thing. And I that's got okay. The first few. But I she think does read, guys. I do read, but I don't read like I'm not like a like an avid reader. reader. Like yeah, a, you don't read a book a week like some people do. No, and I wish I could because I feel like you should read. Like so, but my point is, Audible got me. So yeah. you know, being able to find the videos Spotify. or Spotify versions, um, it's, you have to do what what works for you. Right. So my point right. is saying that if you got to be in the car, if you're in those professions, like. You know, if you're in the car 20 minutes a day, that's 20 minutes to your destination, 20 minutes back home, mm-hmm. another 20 minutes to go here or there. If you're working out, like I, when I work out, um, typically like I will either listen to a podcast. If I really am not in the mood to work out though, mm-hmm. I got to have trap music yeah. or some kind of like- Some, some catalyst. Something. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I want to be like the girl in the video. Oh God. That's the motivation. <laughs> but one time I had YouTube up and I didn't realize the guy next to me was like super in my business. So like I had this like I had my phone and I just had it like playing different like throwbacks. So ninety the nineties is my favorite era of time. So mm. I feel like the music was the best, the fashion was the best. Argue with your mom. I'm not gonna talk about it. So <laughs> um so I had like just the videos of like all these like throwback songs playing and I'm like working out, working out. And it was just like when a Beyonce song came on, um, Dance for You. And I just didn't think nothing of it. Like the song's playing, the song's playing. And, you know, the video is a little, like, and so this guy is, like, working out next to me. He's, like, looking at my video, and I was, like, like, get out of my business. But for me, the video is very very inspiring. I was just, like, sir, don't be a creep. He's, like, like, that's right. Yeah, it just threw me off. I about fell off the damn elliptical. (laughs) I was not prepared. I just happened to look over, and I was, like, oh, shit. Okay. Thank God that's what like, you were so watching though. I like literally almost fell off the elliptical because he threw me off so bad. But it's what motivates you me. You messed up his workout. He was he was very inspired. He there. was inspired apparently, <laughs> but I was not no. So I had to pause that. But that's for me, it's part of what I have to be intentional about. Mm-hmm. My entertainment needs to be in alignment with what I'm trying to be for the day, what, what I'm trying to, you know, produce for the day. So just being mindful of the family members, the friends you have access to, partners. We've talked about partners in past episodes. Go to the episodes. <laughs> Make sure you're picking the right partners, um, whether it be business partners, life partners, um, accountability partners. Making sure you're picking people with intention. Yeah. Because, you know, picking the wrong person can truly be the core of why you're not successful or why you're not progressing 
it really could just be in the relationships and the associations you have. And I and I even seen some people that have partners that they know they're the reason why they can elevate to the level that they can because mm-hmm. the, the partner unfortunately is holding them back, right? Yeah. And it happens. And that's when you have to work double hard now to really elevate yourself. So it's not an excuse for you not to elevate, but it's, it's awareness that you understand what your situation is. Mm-hmm. And if you already made a commitment to this person, you love this person, and even if they're not growing, you need to grow to make sure you get to where you need to go. So having somebody you pick wrong, like the pastor would say, is not a reason for you to leave them. But you do have to work on yourself and figure out if this is the right relationship for you. Because you might have to leave them. If it's not the right relationship for you and you have tried everything, like I say, then do that. Yes. I've been divorced twice. I'm not here telling you to stay married if you don't have to. Okay, guys? So you, you know me. If you know me, you know. Um, <laughs> you bless and release. When we talk about entertainment, one thing I want to add, the last thing about this. Entertainment, and I know I mentioned TikTok for bad, but... Every, every social media actually has a positive thing. So every news, every outlet, every you know social has a positive and a negative. So I think for myself, I'm very intentional about what I see in my feed. And because I want to grow professionally, I want to make, I want to create wealth. I want to be successful in business, right? I want to have peace of mind and peaceful energy. My things that I see in Instagram, for example, if you watch my stories, I'm very related to that. And in TikTok, I actually Google, I'm not Google, but search what I need. Like if I need to look something for that. manifestation, I'm like, find me manifestation. I'm looking for a song, find me the song. Mm-hmm. I really don't go through and scroll things. So I don't even know what's happening in TikTok. One is too much. I, and now that I know it's like a steroid part of what China has, I know for sure. I don't want to be in, in that hole. But I do know that a lot of people use it for good things like yeah. business, cooking, mm-hmm. you know, inspirational, manifestations. So just whatever social media you're using, be mindful about what's showing up in your algorithm. Because mm-hmm. whatever's showing up, you called it. They're watching you. Like they see if you, like they send you ads, they're also sending you the things you, they know that you like. So right. if you don't want to see those things anymore, you change the algorithm by liking the things that you right. want to use to grow. Yeah, they're sending me all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Ugh, commercials and... I'm just like, I don't I got to do what you said. Go to the search button and just put in what I want. So yeah, I entrepreneurship, agree. being wealthy, billionaire, things like that. <sighs> you're, right? you're right, boss. Yeah, no problem. Cooking me a cake, it. whatever. Just those important Cooking things. <laughs> <laughs> important things. Yes. Important things. So as we wrap up for today, just as, just as a reminder, you know, it takes baby steps. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, just but be mindful, you know, cutting out toxicity is a process. It's a journey. Um, it's something that you just have to be aware and, you know, for, for me, it, it's just, you know, a day by day. And, yeah. and I want you, if you find yourself in this space, understand that you are not alone. It, it is a journey. It is a process. Um, but you deserve. You deserve peace. You deserve to be appreciated. You deserve to be respected, whether in your place of employment, your company, your relationship, your household, your extended family. So understanding that you are putting you first. And that's what is most important at the end of the day. So, yeah. And if you remove the toxicity, sometimes you're like, well, my environment is fine. Something else is wrong. It's maybe your thoughts. So make sure that you look inward to figure out if the, the toxic or the negative thoughts are coming from with you. Sometimes those are the strongest ones to get rid of. So do a self-inventory. Figure out what, what's in your mind and what you're putting out and what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And if you're thinking negatively and you're not thinking of positive outcomes, then start changing that. Mm-hmm. You know, the podcasts that we have done in the past are really helpful episodes. There's great books. There's great inspirational YouTube videos. There's so much information to your to, like to your fingertips. Make sure that you use it and start yeah. changing from within before you can try to change the outside. I love that. Well, as you know, we always like to end every episode here at True Print for Life the same way. It's, it's bigger, bigger than, than you. you. 
Thank you so much for listening today. We're excited and we hope that you follow us on Instagram, True Print for Life, a YouTube channel, also True Print for Life. And make sure that you share, 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 like, watch our videos. Make sure that you follow us on all streaming platforms.